from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond. And I'm your co-host, Ice Artificio. Today, we have Bogdan Zlotkoff from Aurora Solar. Bogdan, it's really nice to have you Yeah, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on, Bogdan. And first things first, we'd love to hear more about you and what you do at Aurora Solar. Sure. So at Aurora Solar, I'm the senior content marketing manager. So I'm in charge of pretty much all the content that we put out. So that includes blog posts, webinars, ebooks, um, even some like interactive projects as well. The entire content machine is what I'm responsible for. That sounds um, like a lot of work behind that. And Aurora Solar is about, um, you mentioned it was about um, figuring out solar power for people and companies. Can you tell us what the marketing space is like for that industry? Sure. So it's kind of interesting because the solar industry is still a very kind of old school industry. If you picture something like the oil industry, a lot of people Mm -hmm. from the oil industry have moved into solar. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of this kind of just very like traditional marketing mentality of Mm -hmm. the most common way that solar is sold today in America is door to door sales. Like someone knocks on your door and literally pitches you solar. So it's not super sophisticated in terms of a system. So there's a lot of open blue ocean space for good marketing in solar. Totally. So what do you, where do you guys fit into the space then? Are you, I believe you're, you're software, right? Like, and then what exactly does like explain to the audience here, like where you guys fit in and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So Aurora solar is a software that helps solar installers design the system for your home. So a solar installer can use, essentially it's like a Google Maps view to look at Mm -hmm. your home. They use LiDAR data, which uh, we have that helps them determine how high your home, the roof of your home is, how high the trees around your home is, any shade. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Aurora can actually suggest the ideal Uh, solar system for your house. There's a lot of AI technology in the background figuring all this stuff out. The big claim to fame is you can uh, build a solar system for someone in 15 minutes with Aurora Solar. Oh, okay. And from a marketing perspective, who do you go after? Who is your target customer and all that stuff? Sure. So it's a little bit tough because we have a very wide range between our personas. So our main persona, which is the majority of our customers, is what we endearingly call Chuck in a truck. Um, So this is the solar installer who might be like a solopreneur or it's him and his brother and his son and they go around installing solar in their community. So that's kind of a Typical example of someone who literally goes door to door selling solar. Their company is maybe five to 10 people. So that's one of our personas. And then the other end of the spectrum is these kind of like enterprise organizations like Solar City, Sunrun, Sungevity, that are these huge companies that are installing solar like 
hundreds of houses at a time per day. Mm. So it's really hard from a content marketing perspective to create content that will fit both Chuck in a truck and someone like Sunrun. Totally. So how do you go about doing that then? Do you create different pieces of content and market them to each persona or blend the content together? What's your approach to that? Yeah. So we used to do it where we had content that just went out to everyone. Um, but obviously it's neither here nor there in terms of like quality for either persona. So what we're doing now is creating a content strategy that's for small businesses. So teaching them kind of like the, the very basics, how to grow their business from a five-person business to a 20-person business. Mm. And then we have a completely separate content track that is for our mid-market and enterprise clients. And that's teaching them how to scale from, say, a 500-person team to like a 5,000-person team. So a lot of the content, for example, for the mid-market enterprise customers is how do you manage your sales team? How do you grow your sales team? How do you make sure that your sales team still gives quality designs while it's growing and kind of there's a lot of new people entering it? Like, how do you get them up to speed? So all the content for that side of it wouldn't would absolutely not apply to Chuck in a truck where it's like my sales team is my my son. He's he's my salesman. Right. Like, yeah. so we have to create very different content pieces for each group. Totally. And uh, so so for that that one persona, it ends up being like a lot of maybe basic topics around education or selling. And then the later it's more sophisticated, more so running the business internally, maybe than external interaction with customers or like, how did you, how did you build out that persona and and go about uh, doing the research and discovery and uh, really understand what kind of content we have to write for each title? Yeah. So we have a awesome product marketing team and we also have a really, really great in-house research team, which I know a lot of companies don't have the luxury of that, but essentially our research team, what they do is they go out and they will do one-on-one interviews with actual homeowners and say, you got solar installed on your home. What was the process like? And they'll do these informational interviews where they say, Did they provide you enough information? What was that like? Uh, What were some of your concerns about going solar? And the funny thing is we got all that research, which helps us in terms of understanding the customer, but also we turned that into a webinar. So Hmm. just last week, we ran a webinar called Decoding the Solar Buyer. And we literally Hmm. went through all of our research and quantified all of the values. So for instance, an unexpected value that a lot of the homeowners had, which we didn't, we couldn't predict, is they really cared about what the solar panels will look like on the roof. So it wasn't about how much energy is going to be offset or how quickly it'll it'll be done or what the cost is. They're like, is it going to have that rainbow reflective sheen? I hate that rainbow reflective sheen. <laughs> like, what will it look like here? What will it look like there? And so that helps us inform some of those uh, customers of ours, like, hey, you need to talk about aesthetics during your sales pitch. And so Mm. we're gonna create a series of derivative content now that helps solar installers figure out how to talk about aesthetics of their installations in in addition to like the cost savings and things like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. 
So let's shift gears a little bit. And one of the things that you really talked about is changing your marketing depending upon the size of your company. So obviously, you know, with marketing, content marketing, depending on how big we are as a company, we're going to be able to afford different things and have, you know, different investments and all this. I'd love for the audience to hear some of your thoughts around how to approach marketing based on the size of your company. Sure. So um, I have the luxury of having worked at a number of different size companies, the smallest being Guidebook, which I believe was somewhere in like the 50 to 100 employee range, all the way up to LinkedIn, which was 13,000 people and kind of like a behemoth in terms of budgets. The interesting thing that I found is that the strategies I use for content marketing at a small company don't scale to a large company. It's not kind of pour more fuel on the fire and you get a bigger fire. Um, So for instance, at smaller companies, you really have to be very strategic in terms of what you want to attack with your content marketing. And what I found is that quality is so, so much more important than quantity. You could do one good content marketing project and it'll be way better than say churning out 10 or 20 or 30 webinars. An example of that is when we were at AdRoll, we wanted to get, AdRoll is a digital marketing company. Um, and so what we wanted to do is figure out how to use all of our internal data to create a piece of content that's not going to be a web. We said no webinars, no eBooks, no blog posts. Like let's, let's break out of that paradigm. And so what we thought of is, A lot of advertisers around the holiday season have a really hard time managing their budgets because around like Thanksgiving, Christmas time, the prices are through the roof. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know when should I increase my budget? When should I decrease my budget? We have all that internal data in our systems. So we created a Google Calendar plugin that is kind of like a heat map. So you literally install this into your Google Calendar And it will tell you how expensive historically CPM, CPCs have been so that you can decide, okay, well, around Thanksgiving stuff gets super expensive, but like the day after Thanksgiving, two days after Thanksgiving, the heat map turns green as in everything is super, super cheap. So those marketers were able to know when they should put more budget in, when they shouldn't. And that project, because it was so unique, got passed around to marketing departments all over because they're like, hey, check this out. This is really cool. It did such a better job at generating leads than all of our webinars, all of our blog posts combined. I love that. I'm going to ask you a tough question. How do you define quality content? Uh, obviously, you know there can be many different interpretations of that, but what are, what are things like when you say, oh, let's focus on you know, a piece of quality, what is the success criteria for that? I think that a piece of quality content should teach someone how to do something from A to Z. Hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves, and I see this happen all the time, is when people will write very general statements that are obviously true, but that most people already know. So for example, If you ask people right now, we're working on a blog post, which is how to do marketing if you're a solar company. And the original blog post that came out was make sure that you build your brand 
make sure that you post on social media, make sure all of these kind of like, of course, I know that, but what should I post? How should I post? How often should I post? All of these like specifics are what create quality content. So we went back, we rewrote the whole thing saying, here are actual examples of good social media posts that performed well, got lots of engagement. Here is exactly how you can change them to your industry. Here's how your digital ad could look like and that has performed really well. So it's like being super, super specific so that if the person consumes that piece of content, they now have a new skill or know how to do something. That's essentially what quality content is. I love that. that. (laughs) And can you ever test it with people? Like, uh, do you ever do that? Like run a test, see how it's perceived or or I imagine a lot of research is, is put into that on the front end as well as like what would be interesting to write about but how do you how do you connect the dots there from defining what exactly you know would be useful and they've learned something from and what we should write about to like the back end of actually testing hey was this successful did it achieve the goal and all that so we have three ways that we source ideas um the first way i would say is through our webinar program so A lot of people make the mistake of when they run webinars, they literally just lecture people. There's no back and forth between them and the audience. And then you ask yourself the question, well, why am I on a webinar? Can't I just watch this as a video instead of waiting for you to like talk and get to the points I want to hear about? So in our webinars, I try to make sure that we have a two-way conversation, meaning that we launch polls during the webinar to get feedback from the audience about what they, what the size of their business is, what their issues are, things like that. So that's one thing that we do. We also pay a lot of attention to the Q&A portion of the webinar, and we try to figure out what are the common questions that keep coming up from a lot of people. And that helps you figure out what your content will be down the line saying, all right, this question came up from like five, six, seven people. Like, let's create a piece of content to answer it. And that might be turned into a blog post or a video or something like that. And the third piece of how we source ideas, and this is the one that I think marketers are terrified of doing, is we ask salespeople. In the world of marketing, there's like this battle between like, well, sales isn't doing this. And sales says, well, marketing isn't doing this. (laughs) And honestly, the best ideas I've ever gotten for content is just, sitting down for coffee chats with salespeople one-on-one and asking them, what do you need? Like what kind of content would be helpful? What are common questions or objections that you get in your uh, calls that you just have to keep answering over and over and over again? And the answers that they give are amazing. So an example of this at AdRoll was all the salespeople kept telling me, I have to explain what cookies are, like the kind of cookies that are on your browser and how they work and why ours tracked better and why. And I was like, would it be helpful if I created like maybe a guide to this for you? And they're like, yes. And I created it. And honestly, like every salesperson used it in the organization for years. Three years later, I had left the company. I still got messages on my LinkedIn saying, Bogdan, I just used your guide again. Thank you so much. <laughs> nice. I love that. And uh, in terms of like uh, actually seeing that success, uh, do, you, do you follow up? Like, like obviously with the, the guide, you know, people were, were like, this is a major success. Um, 
how do you track that with other pieces? Is it just getting that feedback then back from sales or are there other ways in which you track uh, the content performance? So I, I do all of the kind of quantitative tracking. So in Google Analytics, checking our traffic numbers, making sure that we have a good amount of leads. I think one misstep that a lot of content marketers make, and I know why this happens, it's because we get measured on lead quantity. But honestly, if you can take some time to ask how the quality of those leads are, it's so much more useful to the business. Um, and hopefully you have like a VP of marketing or someone who sees the value in that, as opposed to we generated 3000 leads. All right, next month we generated 4,000 leads and you don't know the quality of it. Um, so one thing that we try to do is after we run a webinar, we don't just say, all right, we got 600 leads. We try and look through the names and see which companies joined the webinar. Are they our customers? Sometimes we have people who are our customers who have joined the webinar that isn't under their licensing plan. And so we're like, mm -hmm. oh, we could easily upsell this customer because mm -hmm. they came, they're clearly interested in this topic, but their plan doesn't include those features. Like that's an easy way to upsell them. And so I think the qualitative portion of measuring your performance is something that not enough of us content marketers do and that we should. I'm certainly guilty of it. I don't measure every single webinar or every single blog post. Um, but I think that that's more important than just kind of these vanity metrics of open rates, blog post views, et cetera. I love that. Well, this has been an amazing discussion. As we're wrapping up here, what advice do you have or key takeaways for other marketers listening today? Sure. So I would say for content marketers specifically, try to challenge yourself and do the experiment of, I need to make a piece of content, which will not be a blog post, webinar, or ebook, and mm -hmm. see what kind of new ideas you think of. Oh, I'll add also, it can't be a video either, right? <laughs> Something completely new that like, it's a new format. You've never experimented with this format. And doing that exercise will really help break you out of like the tried and true blog post, webinar, ebook, blog post, webinar, ebook. Yeah, totally. Podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll put podcast yeah. on the list as well. No podcast, no video either. That's a really good prompt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights here. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Bagan.